0: Welcome, my name is Luke Burridge and this is the show called Luke's Creative Podcast. In it, I talk to creative people about what they do and how they do what they do and why they do what they do, the mindset behind their creativity. That's what we're trying to get to here as well. So if you want to know more um, about the concept behind the entire podcast series, check out Uh, episode one, where I explain that in a lot of depth. Anyway, getting on to today's episode, uh, it's with Brandon Palace, and this is one of my favourite discussions that I recorded, um, mainly because I know nothing at all about comic book artistry or anything like that, Uh, and so I came in with very, very little knowledge and found found I learnt so much along the way, and also discovered loads of uh, parallels between Um, Brandon's work, uh, doing comic book art, and my own, you know, photography and juggling and just professional life, you know, and the the mindset behind being creative in this way. So, all of the links and the notes and loads of examples of Brandon's work, uh, some of his old work, we explain why um, in this uh, podcast episode. But that can be found on my website, or the website for this podcast, lukeburridge.com forward slash creative. And uh, if you like the show, please email me, luke at juggler.net, with any feedback or any suggestions or anything like that. I'm on Twitter as well, at lukeburridge there. Uh, and of course you can check out my website and blog at lukeburge.com anyway that's uh, all you need to know now let's get to today's discussion so joining me now um all the way from uh, california on skype this time out we're doing a, a non a non-in-person interview is uh, brandon palace and brandon you are a a comic book um what do you call it a comic book illustrator comic book artist how would you describe yourself
1: i i just say comic book artist um it's a. Uh... Yeah, I I don't like, I don't want to be, uh, I don't know, pretentious about it, comic book artist.
0: What I've seen, let me just do a little introduction of how I got to know your work, is that we um, both listen to, or, you know, now and then listen to a uh, a podcast in common, and, uh, and that podcast is about all kinds of geeky subjects, which we're both into, but... Um, Uh, But on the forum where we both, you know, where we're both members of this forum, you sometimes post your art. And I remember maybe three years ago when I first started chatting on this and discussing on this forum, you were posting stuff. And I've actually sort of seen your art um, for the past three years, you know, now and then. And I thought, uh, well... This podcast is about, you know, things that I'm really interested in, in photography and in uh, juggling and performing and in writing and music and all these other kinds of things. And I thought, well, I think it'd be interesting just to get some, someone who does something that I really don't know that much about, which is comic book artistry. So could you just say, like, a bit how you got into um, doing your, what you do now?
1: Uh, okay, well, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. It's, it's kind of what I always wanted to do when I was a kid. You know, like when I was you know, in elementary school, I, I was going to be a comic book artist, either that or a comic strip artist. And I used to draw little comic strips, like newspaper-style comic strips when I was a kid. And um, sometimes I would try to draw comic books, but I didn't really have the patience for it back then, you know, drawing pages and pages and pages. Um, so where did I go from there? Um, well, you know, I just I, – I got into drawing um, really – I mean, every, every kid draws really. But um, – yeah. You know, every kid, almost every kid stops at some point. And um, I think the main thing was that I have an uncle who's an artist um, who, when I was really young, uh, started showing me little little tricks. Like, uh, have you ever seen that thing you do where you draw the two diamonds overlapping and you connect the corners and it turns into like a little, uh, a like cube. a transparent yeah. box? Yeah, yeah, a cube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then, I-
0: then you look at it one way and your eyes go funny and you look at the other <laughs> way and it flips inside out and things like that, yeah. Cool.
1: Right. So yeah, like my uncle showed me that when I was maybe 5 or 6 years old and it just blew my mind. <laughs> and uh and I kind of I think I realized right then that like drawing was was really cool. It was something I wanted to do. You know, um so my whole childhood, uh, I took drawing really seriously. Um, you know, and I would copy out of comic books and I would get, you know, books on figure drawing and cartooning and stuff from the library. And uh that was kind of the main thing I did. My whole childhood, like throughout high school, Um, I just drew all the time. And uh, I'm sorry, go on.
0: No, no, I was just wondering, did you have any formal training? I mean, did you go to school for this? Were you taking art lessons at school or or anything like Uh,
1: that? Well, I took art classes. I took took art all throughout high school as an elective, but it, it... I wouldn't really call it formal training. You know, they didn't, let's say they didn't teach me much that I didn't already know. You know, it's more like you explore different. You do a, a little bit of painting and a little bit of collage and a little bit of sculpture, but nothing seriously like really teaching you to draw. You know, it was all basic stuff I'd learned 10 years ago.
0: Which is a real pity, but I guess, I guess schools aren't really tooled up for people who are actually really into what they're doing and really experts at what they're doing already, you know, because they're, they're sort of like teaching to the average student at that point. I yeah. Guess.
1: Well, I mean, it would get pretty, it gets pretty specific at that, at that point. Like, I don't know that you would have more than, you know, half a dozen kids in a class that was focused on that. But yeah, so, so I guess, you know, maybe you would consider that formal training, but other than that, uh, I, I didn't have anything through my, my childhood. Um, and then, uh, really at, uh, when I, around when I turned 20, Um, I joined a band like a a punk rock band and I just, I just stopped drawing. I, I never made a decision to stop drawing, but I just totally stopped doing it. Um, and I, I think it was because I felt like my, uh, I think my my creative energy was just going somewhere else, you know? What, into the music
0: or into just being a, a in a rock band, you know? Was uh, it, was it actually the music that it was doing or was it just sort of like the rock band kind of lifestyle and that kind of scene <laughs> that was taking up your energy?
1: You know, I I don't really know. I think I think what it is 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 more than anything, I just I have this urge to create something. Yeah. You know, and, and it doesn't necessarily need to be drawings or music or whatever, but it's like um I was doing that, so that was fulfilling my need to make something. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not it. That's, that's, that's the way it seems to me. But like even but, uh, for the
0: band where you're not drawing the band logo or sort of doing portraits of the other band uh, members and, and for like cover art and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I did a little bit of stuff like that, um, you know, here and there. But it was, you know, I mean, I, I'm going from uh, going from spending four or five hours a day drawing wow, uh, to, uh, you know, drawing a flyer here and there. Um, Maybe four or five hours a day is a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, but but uh, it
0: was like a whole order of magnitude of less time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I I totally, I stopped practicing. I stopped making any real effort to improve my art. Whereas uh, before, you know, I've always, uh, I've never been the kind of artist that, it's hard to explain. I I don't make a lot of finished pictures. Um, If you look at my sketchbooks, I've got piles of sketchbooks here going back, you know, 15 years, and they're all uh, just disembodied heads and arms and legs and just just random little things just trying stuff out and 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 trying to learn and get better and not very little of it is actually putting it together into uh into finished uh finished pictures you know it's all just practice so it's it's but it's more than
0: is it like focused practice you're like right i'm gonna draw the same head 50 times from 50 slightly different angles is it that kind of stuff or is it just just going with whatever your hand and your brain takes you.
1: It's usually something, I, you know, I usually have something in mind that I want to work on. I've never, I never have actually done that 50 heads from <laughs> the same head from 50 angles and I really should because consistency uh, with character designs is an issue I have. I know I posted that one uh, on the Geek Nights forum and uh, yeah. It wasn't so good, but um, I that, think the, was that you the know, fifty
0: was that the fifty heads with uh, fifty expressions. Though was it 25? twenty five?
1: Twenty five expressions. Yeah. yeah, and that was you know that was a character that I just kind of drew for that. Thing. and it, it it does take a little longer than but that it, to get No com- I do actually remember
0: seeing that and it was quite funny because it sort of like you say the character did change over time it started off yeah. as this sort of like hulk kind of guy with you know <laughs> it, was, it was a skinhead and by the end of it his jaw had flattened out and it looked like it was a, almost a man with uh, with his false teeth taken out and it was sort of like an older guy with a bald head rather than a sort of hard guy with but I mean, it's it just a weird thing but like you say uh, I'm not criticizing because each of no, the, no. each well, of the each of the expressions that you're actually doing it was meant to be like the same face with all the expressions but because you did already have a character in mind it was sort of like you were just going okay i'm gonna do this and uh and it did sort of evolve over the 24 faces
1: yeah yeah well i mean it was it was uh You know, to some extent, it was a failure on my part. I was trying to keep it looking like a consistent face. But I think at this point, at least for me, I need a little more time than that to get comfortable with the character. I'm sure if I had drawn him a hundred times, by the end, it would have been much more consistent.
0: Which is quite strange, actually, because I I just sort of bring in some different parallels from what I do, you know, because this is, we'll get onto this in a minute, but this is actually your Uh, job now, you know, you're actually a full-time comic book artist in the same way that I'm a uh, a professional juggler. And uh, I must admit, the vast majority of my juggling is just me messing around but it doesn't right. it doesn't actually make me you know just the messing around bit makes me better at catching it makes me better at throwing it makes me you know ha- have this automatic reflex to be able to catch the right end of the club or the wrong end of the club if that's what's best at, at that time so right. when i get on stage if i've been juggling a lot recently even if i haven't been you know practicing the exact routine and the exact tricks and stuff if i've just got into that sort of like my body is fit and my brain is into the juggling uh, kind of kind of mindset it all feeds back into each other so i think like it, i don't think it's anything to look down on or to sort of denigrate just randomly doodling not so much doodling but like uh sketching i guess is what you want to call it there because that's mm-hmm. what that's what most jugglers do for you know most of their juggling is just you know messing around try a trick try a trick 50 different ways you know 50 times in a row or something like that so uh,
1: right no well i mean i i think it's a uh, it's mostly a positive thing for me i think it's uh because i think i improve uh faster because of that you know i'm yep. I'm spending so much time working out my problems and figuring out what my deficiencies are and trying to improve on those particular things. And, uh, and I think it does have the, the effect of making me a better artist. Um, the disadvantage is that I just end up with less – Finished work to show.
0: So, what do you? So, if you're gonna, like, I mean, you can go if you want. to If anyone listening wants to check out your work, you can just see some older work and some older sort of sketches and things like that on uh, Brandon Palace, which is spelled P A L A S uh, dot blogspot dot com. Brandon Palace dot blogspot dot com, and there you've just got a sampling of different things that you sort of like little sketches that you've been working on. But they're more than just a sketch, or is it because that you're, you you? Uh, uh, well, we'll get onto that a bit more. But what do you consider like a finished piece that you're actually happy to say share on your blog, which is more than just a notebook a notebook sketch? It's actually something which is, you know, shareable.
1: Well, these, you know, the ones I show on my blog are all finished in that they're uh, most of them are inked, even though I, I don't technically ink. I work on the computer. Um so it's not physical ink, but they're 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 inked. They're they're a complete drawing. Whereas most of what I have in my sketchbooks aren't even complete figures, you know. Um, or oh, it just a just hand
0: be... here, or a face there, or an eye there. There's
1: there's a lot of that. Um, actually, I got really into over the past couple of years, and I'm kind of starting to get away from it now. But over the past couple of years, I got into this thing where all I was drawing was faces and heads. And if you know, I have several sketchbooks in a row where it's probably ninety percent heads, um, because I feel like. Uh, the face, you know, it's the most expressive part of the human body. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what you're going to be drawing the most of when you're drawing comic books. And I think it's, it was more important than almost everything else to develop that aspect of my skills, you know, being able to to create a variety of different, faces and heads you know that are expressive you
0: say that's more important is that because if you get the head right and you get the face right and you get the facial expression and where it's looking correct the rest of it falls into place or the rest of it isn't so important or or where does
1: the where does that line come to i mean where does that approach come down to it's not so much that the rest of it falls into place but just that uh i think to a great extent you know comic books are about telling a story yeah you know you're you're using these pictures to tell a story and uh so you know, given the fact that you have a limited amount of time to invest uh, in developing your skills, you know, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I want to invest the most time. You know, obviously, you want to get everything to a decent level. You know, you want to be, you don't want to have any major deficiencies. But when you feel like you're good enough in uh in most areas, yeah. you know, there are some areas where you want to develop so that they're really good. And and for me, uh since um since I started drawing comic books seriously, I've uh I've tried to focus on the things that are the, the most uh expressive, the things that have the most uh potential to uh the most potential for good storytelling. Yeah. And I think uh facial facial expressions and um being able to uh, draw consistent uh, variety of characters is uh, is important, you know, because a lot of times, you know, there are a lot of a lot of panels that you end up drawing that's just a head, you know, just a face talking, yeah, or or something like that. You know, it's it is the the it's the thing as people that we focused on first, mm. you know, and uh, and we also it has to be just right because we know faces better than we know just about anything else.
0: Yeah, that's that's what we that's what we're built to do. That's why we see Jesus and bits of toast and and exactly. bathroom curtains and things.
1: Right. You know, so, so if you draw, you know, an arm or a leg and the muscles aren't all exactly right, you know, it doesn't matter that much because most people don't know the arm, the muscles in the arm and leg enough to notice that anything's even Uh, wrong with it.
0: okay, yeah, I see what you mean. But if
1: the face is off just a little bit, everybody sees it. Like one
0: eye is slightly bigger than the other or slightly misaligned or something. People go, oh, there's something uncanny about that, I guess yeah definitely well so let's get a bit back to your story after talking a little bit about <laughs> so, sketching right. and things no i mean it doesn't matter we can range all over the place with this kind of interview if you gave up drawing for a while when you were in a band uh, and when you were sort of in your 20s how did you
1: get back to it uh well i i think part of it was uh you know i was in this band for about six years and uh, and the band broke up and um what did you play i played guitar okay yeah, and um I mean I'm not very good or anything. It's just a punk rock band, just just banging <laughs> on courts, you know. But uh <laughs> but anyway, um you know the band broke up and I I wasn't really doing anything with my life, you know. I was working I was working at Target, which is, you know, just like a department store for anybody that doesn't know. I don't know if they have them uh, no,
0: I think it's just an American thing. Well, I
1: guess it's just an American thing. But yeah, we know, we know the kind of thing, Target. We've seen, yeah. it, seen it on the movies, I guess. Right, okay. So, you know, I worked overnight at Target for like eight years. And uh, for some reason, I didn't... Not for some reason. I, I just eventually, I realized, like, what am I doing? I'm not going anywhere in my life. I'm not doing anything. I had kind of given up on the idea that I was going to be an artist. What, why had you given up? Just because the band didn't work out and you sort of, your well, eggs were in that basket? Or what was it? <laughs> You know, the, the band is not something I ever expected to work out, like to be able to make a living from. You know, oh, it was just okay, something yeah. I was doing. I was just young and not really thinking about my future. You know, yeah.
0: well, I actually once worked in a, at nights in a supermarket in a in uh, a Tesco's. I guess you probably have Tesco's in America. I'm not sure. And I managed to have a, a quite a bad car accident where my van flipped over, and that was a real sort of wake up. I was at university at the time, you know, studying music, but it, it was this weird thing because you know I was gonna you know go around that summer. I was gonna you know see if I could do some street performing and traveling in my camper van and things. But like almost dying in a car accident really <laughs> focuses your mind. I'm like, I'm oh. not gonna learn anything on my last year at university because I saw the things that people were doing in their last year at university and I thought I need to go and I need to get out of here and start doing other stuff and sort of and I did I I, it worked out quite well, you know, because I didn't go back to university from my last year, but it was one of the things that I think I was actually quite lucky to do, well, maybe not lucky, because <laughs> I, I was sort of going in one direction already, you know, uh-huh. You know, I was at university and actually studying something, but it was a big shake-up. It's like, I could have died today, and what would I have done? Well, I'd have just <laughs> right. been, I'd have been working nights at a uh, at a supermarket. Now, it's not to denigrate people who work nights at supermarkets, but it was right. one of those things that you're like, actually, Luke, you've really got to do, uh, you've got to m- <laughs> m- move on to the next step with your life, and, I, and i did it was a very strange thing but i guess you didn't yeah. have anything like that to shock you out of it except nothing except six years or eight years or however long it was you were working there and you're like wait a second
1: yeah no you know it's funny that you mentioned that because there was a uh, there's a podcast i used to listen to that was done by these two guys who are freelance illustrators oh, okay. and one of them had uh, a very similar story to yours where he um he was working at a convenience store and he got robbed at gunpoint oh right and yeah. uh and that, he said immediately after that, he was like, what am I doing? And just went back to art school. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, that is almost exactly what happens in the movie Fight Club, isn't it? Have you you've, you've seen that scene in Fight yeah, Club yeah, where yeah. he pulls out the gun and he's like, he's, he right. brings the guy out the back and he's like, what's your name? And he's like, oh, Lee. I yeah, don't know yeah. what his name is. It's like, what do you do, Lee? I work here. And it's like, what you've always wanted to do is go to college. It's like, okay. <laughs> you yeah. go to college and he takes the guy's was it driving license or id card
1: yeah. or something like yeah that. he tells him you're going to be a veterinarian i'm going oh, to yeah, check on yeah that
0: was, that was <laughs> it yeah, i'm going to come back and check on you i've got your id i'm going to come back and check on you and then right. later on you see that he's he's got a whole big like he's got a wall full of all these id you know it's on all the back of his door they're all like hanging up there it's not mentioned but it's it's a good thing uh, you know i missed that i never oh, no, noticed that's a great thing that's awesome. yeah he takes it and he and i don't think you see it but at one point he closes the door on someone and then the the door on the back of it has got um just a whole like you know, a sort of a 10 by 10 grid of ID cards of people that he's taken from them. And I'm like, wow, how many people has he at gunpoint, inspired to pull their lives together and go to college and to become a veterinarian yeah. or whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah it, it's, it is one of those it is one of those <laughs> weird things that focuses. But you didn't have anything like that. So what was it? Or is it just a realization, no. slow realization?
1: It was yeah, it was gradual. Um, I think it may have had you know something to do with uh, you know I had a, a really close friend, a guy I was actually in this band with, um, who was my roommate for a while, who uh, I guess almost provided a cautionary example <laughs> of just uh, of just kind of descending into uh, just this this state of of doing nothing but getting drunk every night and, and just being negative about everything and, and just clearly going nowhere in his life. And I think that may, it certainly um, inspired me to, to change my, it changed my outlook on life a lot. You know, I, I'm a much more positive person now. Uh, what, just as a reaction against that? Y- yeah, like I think, you know, I started to see like, oh, that's, that's not the way I want to go. You know, it's, that's not a way to have a happy life. You know like find looking for the bad and everything and just spending all your time complaining about everything like so that you know that may have had something to do with it, but um regardless you know whatever it was, uh, I gradually realized that i was I was doing nothing, I had no prospects, the only thing i've ever been good enough at to to have any chance of making a living at it is drawing you know so, you so go um back to it. i started um i started started drawing again, start, you know bought a sketchbook started drawing i'd made a couple of um kind of half-assed attempts to start drawing again over the years but it never really stuck for some reason so what you know? what made
0: it stick this time just the just the like the actual sort of like oh god i've got to do something with my
1: life you know that's that's part of it but actually it's an interesting story okay so um there's this website called uh conceptart.org which let, is let, um let me bring that up now you talk about it okay Okay, well, con- I don't, for anybody that doesn't know, concept art is, uh, those are the guys who, you know, for movies and video games and stuff like that, they're the artists who design all of the crazy stuff you're going to put in the movie. You know, you have a, Oh, I've actually been fan- to this
0: website before. It told me I've been here okay. before. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I recognize it. Yeah, carry on.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, for the, the Lord of the Rings, they're the guys who, they do a hundred different designs for what the orcs are going to look like, you know, and, um, you know, that sort of stuff this uh, this art this website uh, yeah. conceptart.org is um it's run by a, a a company that's actually one of the major concept art studios in the US but um it's just a big for the most part it's a big forum for uh for student artists to come together and they can post their work and critique each other and there are a lot of really good professional artists who hang around there and uh, and will share their knowledge and it's a really great community And I started getting into that, and I started thinking that that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to do concept art or um, illustration of some kind, like more. uh, Right before I stopped drawing, when I was about twenty, I had started getting into. um, I was one. I was actually one of the really early people in uh, doing fully digital illustration, like using a Wacom tablet Mm. and just painting stuff in the computer. Like back when very few people were doing that, it wasn't. it, It wasn't the standard in the industry like it is now. And, uh, and I had gotten to a point where I, I kind of wanted to do, I thought I was going to do, you know, book cover illustrations or something like that. So when I got, uh, when I started getting into this concept art, um, website and I started thinking maybe I wanted to do concept art, I actually have a cousin, um, a well, cousin by marriage. He's my, uh, my stepdad's nephew, but, uh, he, um, we used to draw together when we were kids and, um, you know, when I, I quit and, uh, he just stuck with it and busted his ass in school and everything. And he's an amazing artist now. And he, uh he's a concept artist who works in movies and video games and stuff like that. He worked on, uh, he worked on pirates of the Caribbean. He worked on passion of the Christ, uh, van Helsing as a concept artist. Yeah. Yeah. He actually designed the, that crazy whip that they whipped Jesus with. Uh, okay. I've not seen the <laughs> film, but I'll uh, I'll take you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I was thinking that was what I wanted to do, and I, I started getting really into this um, into this forum, and I created a sketchbook thread where you know you, people will post their sketch their sketches and stuff, and other people will critique them yeah. and comment on them. So you thread for yourself, uh, you mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's one of the main kind of features of that site is the ah, sketchbook okay. section, where everybody has their sketchbook thread. But uh, there's one guy who's uh, associated with the company that runs this thing. His name is Marco Georgievich, and uh, he's a really amazing concept artist. Um, he actually does comic book work now, but. He released this, uh, he had this DVD that was supposed to be, um, I guess it was promoted as as sort of a concept art tutorial. Like it was him designing these different characters. It's uh, basically just, you, he. they're recording as he draws these characters, but he's just talking the whole time. And most of the time he's not even talking about what he's doing. He's He kind of just goes off on these things about his philosophies about art and life and stuff like that. And at one point... He's talking about how important it is to practice and work hard. And he says, because what are you, 20, 26, 27 watching this DVD? You want to wait till you're 40 to have a career? And I was, I think I was 27 or 28 at that point. And it just, it just it was just like a laser right into my brain. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's like, he's talking directly to me. Um, and, and that like, it was like a switch flipped. And I just got super, super serious from that point on and yeah, it just, I, and I set, I set a goal right there. I said, I'm going to be a professional artist by the time I'm 30. Um, wow. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of half made it like uh, I wasn't I wasn't full time, but I was getting paid. Oh, by the Oh, so you, you I was actually did
0: it. So, so what was your first? Uh, how did you first get that first sort of paid gig? Then as a back to being a comic book artist or illustrator? or What were you doing? Yeah, or Did you do any okay. concept art or was that not what you wanted to do?
1: No, I never did that. Uh, that would have been, I think, much more down the road because I had a lot more to learn in that arena. You have to know a lot more about it's a lot more like painting. There's a lot more to do with like color. And I've never been good with color. Mm. Um, I've always just drawn, you know, just with a pencil yeah. or a pen. Um, but anyway, you know, what ended up happening was there was this, uh, there, there are these weekly challenges that they do on that concept art site where, uh, it'll be like character of the week and they'll give you a concept for a character, like a sentence or two. And then everybody has to design the character and it gets voted on and somebody wins. Yeah. Um, somebody started doing a comic book contest where they would, uh, they would pick, there would be some kind of theme. Or there would be uh, a phrase that you have to incorporate into the pages or whatever, and you would have to draw a few pages of a comic, and um a few pages, uh, yeah, sounds like quite a bit, but yeah okay <laughs> it yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it can be certainly. um so I decided oh, I'm going to try this, I, you know I, I like comics, I haven't drawn comics since I was a kid. So the first contest I entered in this i mean it I don't know, the contest aspect's not really a big deal, but I drew a few pages and i just totally fell in love with it like i hadn't drawn comics since i was a kid i didn't really have the patience for it when i was a kid but um but it was just it felt amazing to be able to just draw these pictures um you know put y- you put one picture after another after another on a page and suddenly something's happening you know a story's being told it's like it comes to life yeah. it's like some kind of weird magic and i was just I just got totally hooked on it right there, and I was like, "Oh, this is what i 'm going to do, I guess. <laughs> you know so from then on, I just started focusing on, okay, what do I need to do to be a comic book artist? Where, where do I need to improve my skills? What, um, I started doing research on uh, comic storytelling, because drawing is one thing, but there's, there's a whole aspect in comics of that you have to tell a story panel to panel. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's similar to directing a movie or something. You know, you have to choose the shots. You have to, uh, you have to choose. You know, you set the props and all of this. And, and there's a lot that goes into it. So I, I read everything I could get my hands on, um, and uh, uh, started drawing pages and posting stuff on a, on a different website, which is uh, specifically for comic book people to kind of most mostly focused on comic book people finding each other to work on projects. Oh,
0: okay. And is that where you is that where you found your first gig then through that that. yeah
1: yeah I, i posted some pages and i got an email um from a guy who who wanted me to do some work for him and uh so we set it up and i ended up drawing four issues of a comic that as far as i can tell never came out which is disappointing but i got paid and i got a lot of uh a lot of practice in. I
0: mean, I guess also it's like often if you're, if you're doing, like working on your own projects or something like that, you can go, right, I want to draw a picture of this or a picture of that. Uh, or, you know, uh-huh. you're sort of choosing your own things. But when it's sort of someone says, right, I want you to draw this, then this, then this, then this, then this, You you can't slack off on that. You can't sort of change your mind halfway through about what the picture is going to show or what it's going to be or what the character oh, yeah, is going to look like at the time. It's got to do... Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to actually do what is set out for you to do. I guess,
1: right? No, that's ab- that's absolutely true. Um, and I think even when you're even when you're just working for yourself, uh, you know, and drawing what you want to draw, you know, you still end up having to draw a lot of stuff that you might not draw otherwise. It's like if you're if you're drawing a story that has any uh, any shots like exterior city shots or something like that, you know, you're going to have to learn how to draw buildings and cars and yeah. Uh, street signs and all that sort of stuff that's not really any fun to draw but um, actually i do remember you, you know.
0: posted uh, maybe it's on your blog i can't remember but uh, you posted uh, this uh, quite a big cityscape and you, you actually said it on the forum you said this is like by far the most windows i've ever drawn actually i can't remember the exact the exact thing that you said <laughs> but it was it was a uh, uh, of course i'm never going to find it now because it's not on your blog i just looked through <laughs> no, it's but not. it's uh, but it's like this massive like double spread or was it a front cover i can't remember exactly what it was going to be but there was a lot of buildings on there a lot of yeah a lot of windows to draw you know so uh,
1: yeah absolutely I can see and I think and, you actually uh,
0: said that um uh, you actually said that I wasn't uh, you would have never have done that anyway and you weren't looking forward to doing it but once you'd finished it it was this like uh, like after running a marathon yeah. or something because you had to put so much work into <laughs> every window
1: that's yeah that no that's definitely true and you know if I were to draw that page again um I would approach it differently now you know, and I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't draw every window like that. Um, I, another part of a part of comic books is since there is so much work that goes into it, it's a very labor intensive job, you know, you need to learn where to cut corners, you know? Yeah. And, and like, if I were doing it now, I, you know, I know, you know, with the experience that I have, you know, since drawing that page, I know that I can get away with kind of kind of fading it out as it goes back and putting less and less detail. Well, that was the thing that I actually was so impressed
0: with is like these windows just kept like this block after block and if you look right back into the distance on the horizon and still every yeah. single window was being painted. However, I do actually, I just did notice something again. Actually, we could talk a little bit more about this. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. There's a... Um, you did it on spec but you didn't get the you didn't get the gig i can't remember where it is now but you actually do do that there's a crowd scene and as you go back through the oh, crowd yeah. the <laughs> the people just get a little bit more fuzzy and a little bit more fuzzy until they're just sort of like outlines of just a head and a shoulder in the crowd there oh yeah i found right. it here Um, Mardi Gras Lesbians and Violence is is the name of the (laughs) blog post there. But I can see that's the kind of thing that you've done. It's like everything up close to the camera is very detailed. But then I guess maybe it's on spec. You're like, right, I don't need to draw every single one of these people going back.
1: Well, you know, um, that... That that was tough. That that page took me. It took me two days to draw that page. There's a lot um, of people on that page. It's a background.
0: Are. It's a background of people. It's not a background of windows, which is just square with a line underneath to show a, a window sill or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot right. of stuff in there.
1: No, that, that, it was it was it was a lot of work. But the thing is, you kind of you kind of make. Um, I think look, I'm looking at it right now, and I think I maybe started fading them out a little, a little early. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, yeah. You could have done a could, bit more. Yeah, yeah, But you I could... probably... Oh, I'm sorry. Go on.
0: No, no, carry on. Yeah, I, I do understand what you mean there because, like, one of the... Uh, there's sort of, like, four or five people on the balcony at the front. You know, this makes no um, <laughs> sense to the people listening, but I'll explain it. So there's a few people uh, looking down onto the Mardi Gras and throwing, you know, beads or whatever they are. But where one of the characters in the foreground is looking, the crowd has faded out already. Now, if they were looking down at the people who weren't faded out, that one character looking down at the people who weren't faded out, you could have probably got away with it a bit more. But because they're looking back towards a faded out area, I mean, that's just off huh. the top of my head, the way that I see it there. Where they're looking is a bit too faded. Um, hmm. Maybe my uh, yeah. inexpert eye there.
1: Yeah, you, you might be right. I'm not sure uh, which part you're looking at uh, right now. But here's the thing, you know, um, comic books, are they're so labor intensive and you're always working on a deadline. Um, so you need to learn... Where you can cut corners, you know what what you can get away with. Um, if I were to draw this over, I probably wouldn't use an overhead shot, you know, because that I'm obligated to draw a thousand people in there. I would probably put, you know, put it about eye level, where you draw, you maybe draw a dozen people right in the front row, and then much beyond that, you're just drawing heads, kind of peeking out between, and then
0: yeah, with a few hats sticking it, up and a few silhouettes sticking up here. Yeah. And there.
1: And like, I noticed that stuff now I was just looking, I don't remember what it was, but I was just looking at some comic book yesterday where I thought like, Oh, look at that crowd scene. Like he really only drew 12 people there, but it makes it look like it's a whole huge crowd, you know? Yeah. So the the thing is to, to keep in mind that it's, it's not about, this isn't illustration, you know, it's not fine art. It's not about producing the most beautiful image. It's about telling the story you know oh okay and uh, so so you gotta you, sometimes you could you can overwork it to the point that um, that it actually detracts from the story you're trying to tell yeah. you know you don't necessarily want the reader focusing on everything that's going on in this crowd you know you yeah. maybe you want their you want their attention to be on one particular thing, and if you yeah, put, it's
0: like what you said before about bringing the attention back to the face, back to the expressive thing, the be- the thing that sort of connects with the emotional, connects with the story the best at that moment,
1: isn't it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So um, so yeah, there, there's a balance to be struck certainly between um between illustration, between you know beauty, uh, what what makes a nice looking picture, and what tells the story the best. And I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, ideas about that. Like since I started drawing comics, I've tried to pay a lot of attention to my re- reactions when I'm reading comics, you know, and saying like, okay, is, does this work for me? And if it does, what why? And if it doesn't, why? And um, kind of come to a lot of conclusions about uh, the kind of can you, styles. Can you, of can you give art me
0: an prefer- example about that? Rather than just that one about the crowd scene, what's another example of something that you thought ah that really works for me? And then you've somehow worked it into your own your own comic book art
1: uh well one one thing is that uh the more i I, i've started to think that really realistic art isn't appropriate for comic books and really highly rendered art do you know what i mean by that
0: yeah like every single wrinkle in somebody's face do you mean
1: yeah and and lots of like really realistic shading and all that stuff um to me the closer an image comes to a photograph the more still it becomes. You know, with with comic books, you're trying to create the illusion of motion on a static page, you know?
0: Okay, yeah, I, under- I think I understand. So let me just explain. So like you say, when you're trying to get, you don't need all the detail, and you don't need to render exactly. So for example, if you draw someone's hair... You could draw ind- one individual strand, but if you draw an individual strand, it looks like there's a, a camera 's gone snap at like two like two hundredth of a second of, you know exposure, and you've right. you 've frozen the hair in there. but if you just draw the overall shape of the entire head of hair, which could be flowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. it's the flowing, it's the shape of the entire hair flowing in the wind, which gives it life rather than any individual strand of hair. Is that what you mean?
1: That, that's, that's part of it. That's an example. There, there are a lot of other things, um, but that's definitely true. Um, but I feel like, you know, there's, there's a lot of comic book art, particularly in like uh, American superhero comics, yeah. that are very realistic, that are very, you know, a lot of people, not a lot, but there are some people that actually take photographs for every panel in their comic. They they have their friends and, you know, whatever. They hire models to actually pose for every panel and they trace over it.
0: Yeah. I mean that's that's how how they've done comics going back. I remember the old Dan Dare comics. I'm not sure if you had them in the uh, US as well. Again, yeah, it's Dan Dare and the um, And the Flash Gordon comics, I think it was the Flash Gordon comics, they did the same thing. And Mm. so every individual fold of the cloak looks perfect. And there's a reason it looked perfect, because somebody had just drawn over a fold of a cloak, someone actually wearing that cloak in in that position. So everything would be like very lifelike. I mean, still illustrated. I mean, still um, comic book art, you know, and comic book colors Mm. and things, but um, and comic book sets, but actually the positions yeah. that people were standing in was all traced over. Yes, I understand. Yeah,
1: and I have, you know, I don't have any issues with the artistic validity of that. I don't think it's cheating to do that or anything like that, but I just feel like it doesn't work well in a comic book. Like you're looking, like I said, you know, you're looking at a static image that, that needs to read as if you're actually seeing these characters moving. You know, they need to have life on the page. And to me, the more it looks like a photograph, you know, there's nothing that's more still than a photograph. You know, and and when I look at when I look at comics that are really realistically drawn and realistically rendered, almost as almost as if someone had just traced over a photograph, whether they did or not, mm. it just looks dead to me. It looks so still. It's like I can't I can't easily get into the story imagining these characters as real people. Whereas it's it's kind even of paradoxical. Though,
0: even though, yeah, like I say, even yeah, I, say I was going to say that paradox. Even though they're more realistic, even though they're yeah. like, shaped exactly right and anatomically perfect.
1: It's like, uh, have you ever heard of the Uncanny Valley? Yes, yes, I know the yeah, kind of thing, yeah. That's the the idea that as uh, something like, uh, they, it's used in, in relation to like robots, and you yeah. also hear it a lot in relation to, uh, to 3D or, or uh, CG animation. Yeah, that was um, one of the
0: things that they had in Shrek, that Princess Fiona, they were going to do her exactly lifelike, exactly human, or as as mm-hmm. close to human as they could make her, so she would be this very human character with all these other, you know, much more sort of, you know, <laughs> fantasy characters and uh, cartoon uh-huh. characters around her and they were just like no it just looks so weird even though she yeah. did look lifelike it was like <laughs> it, she, she was just that little bit off and yeah with the, intera- with the interactions with these more fantastic
1: characters it was just like nope not gonna work so she be- also became a lot more cartoonish and I, I think um it's not exactly the same thing with comics, but it's similar. I, I feel like... Um,
0: it's an uncanny valley of movement as well. It's an uncanny valley of life. Things might look exactly human, but they look dead.
1: Yeah, that's, well, that's how, it, that's how I see it. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure, I'm sure there are a lot of people who disagree with me. But um, when I started well, to, I, let to... Let notice- me say
0: this. I disagree with your thing that about this. You know, a, a photograph is sort of like just a frozen image because I think some of my favorite photographs are um, <laughs> the ones which actually conjure up that sense of movement like when I was at the um, uh, European Juggling Convention this year I took some photos of a friend of mine Marco Paroletti doing his show and ah. uh, one, I think my favourite photograph from, from his that entire show you can't see it I mean you can He's like in the dark, and you can hardly even see what he's doing. You know, he's like a black silhouette against a black background. But there's uh-huh. this blue light coming in from the side, and he's jumping in the air. And because he's got all this chalk on the ground, as he's jumped into the air, there's this stream of smoke coming—like not smoke, but it looks almost like smoke. It's like this trail underneath him. And that's what, that was one of my favorite photographs that I took of the entire. <laughs> this entire like nine days of that I was taking photos there and unfortunately you can hardly see it at all because it's, <laughs> it's like like i say it's black on black with this tiny bit of blue underneath but i think it, it did and it is a frozen image in time but because you sort of have that trail of smoke going after it is uh, it just gave it that life and it was really lucky that I had that because it, it was I, it, you know because it was so dark i almost didn't bother taking a photograph but as he jumped that first time Huh. I just saw what was happening and then he jumped again and I was click and that was it and I didn't take any more photographs because then the the dust from his feet had dissipated so much that it was just a sort of like a static cloud that he was jumping up and down in rather than a, like this stream going up from his feet so uh, right so it's it's okay. but that thing it's like most of my photography is a bit static and I'm tr- and I want to get you know more movement into it and that was one of those times where you like see you get that movement which is you know, what he was doing. Otherwise it would just be a guy in midair. But I think I made it into sort of more, you know, I captured a a deeper essence of what he was going for there with that part of the juggling show that he was doing. Right. Well,
1: you know, let me say that, uh, I don't, you said that you disagree with what I said about that. And I think I didn't really say it clearly enough Uh, because I don't think when I, I don't think, I mean, a photograph is still, but it can certainly represent motion very clearly, you know? Um, and I agree completely with you, and but I think for some reason comics are different. To me, if you take a, a series of photographs and you arrange them into a comic book page, it doesn't work. Ah, I see what you mean. You know, yeah. For some something about the the cartoon nature of comics, of it being reduced to lines, you know, and and further than that, being um, sort of caricatured and exaggerated that to me is what put the li- puts the life into comics a photograph is a picture of life you know it's a photograph of a real living person and it captures that mm. but when when you're creating when you're doing a drawing you you don't have that you don't have the fact that you're actually taking a photograph of a living person you you need to recreate that and there's there's you can't do it i guess it you've got just... to
0: give the you've got to give the viewer other clues as to what's going on
1: yeah it's it's uh you can you can't replicate life exactly. Yeah. And and frankly, like I don't I don't care if you can. Like that's not interesting to me. You know. Uh, there are people who do really really photorealistic artwork, um, and while I'm impressed with their skill, I don't really care. It's like yeah, I, I know what you mean. Why why would you try to just be a human camera? I'd rather see uh, life. And, and and the world filtered through that artist's sensibility. That's actually something it, interesting, because I find, actually find the same thing about photography.
0: If someone just takes... Lots of people like take photographs of interesting buildings. like They, they have this you know, some great architecture, and they just mm-hmm. take some photos of the art, architecture. And I'm like, you, you haven't told me anything more than the architect <laughs> wanted, because he made that building. So when you looked at it in the an- angle, you saw that shape in the building, and you've taken a photograph of it, but you've not added anything to it. You've not you know brought your own view to it. And I think that's probably why I... I actually use the uh, like when I'm doing photography. I I really enjoy using a a very wide-angle lens. I get a lot in, and everything's distorted, you know, and stretched right. out towards the edges because it's a rectilinear lens that I use. Um, right. It's not a fisheye. So so when you when I'm taking photographs, I can get really up close to something, and something is really big, and then you can, but you can still see a massive amounts around it. In um, mm-hmm. And then, the other lens that I use is, the, uh, is a zoom lens, a telephoto zoom lens, which is like starts at 70mm and goes out to 300mm, so everything is compressed up into the frame, you know, uh, and, and picking out small details in a much wider view. And the range of photography, which most people use, which is around about say twenty up to seventy millimeters, which is sort of like a, a good range where most people take photographs, I very rarely actually use any lens at all except for the fifty millimeter, which is a great portrait lens um, hmm. but in the, in that range i don 't even carry a lens which can capture that range of view, even though huh. thirty five millimeter is a reason there 's a reason that 's a uh, uh, a good um, like the standard for most sort of like cameras is about 35 millimeters. Sort of most of, most photos you you sort of see could be around about then because it looks roughly what you see with your eye, uh, but you can still capture a bit in. It's slightly wider than, you know, slightly wider angle than what people see with their eye. Uh, yeah, yeah. I never. I don't even have that lens in my bag to take that. And because again, it's sort of like I don't find it interesting to just capture what my eye can see. I always want to capture either a wider view where you can sort of get, get a, a not so much a wider. Uh, you, it's not so much see more, but you know you can really get a lot closer to something. You know, I can take a portrait and literally put the the camera a few inches away from their face and then take a photograph and I can still get all of them into the, uh, into the photo or, like I say, sit back and, and snap smaller um, smaller details in a much wider scene, you know. Uh, and I think that's, it's a completely different area of visual art, but again, it's sort of like bringing out what you don't normally see in, a, in an image or, or in a subject because, uh, if it's like I say, if it's just what your eye sees, what's the point? I don't know.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I, I think it, it, it goes to what the intention of the I make, Oh yeah. You, photography, you know, photography can have a lot of different purposes. There's photography that's just to document something. Oh, yeah. You know? and for that, and I, if just you just,
0: a, I just put on a 35 millimeter and go for it, you know. I know right. exactly what I mean.
1: So if, if all you want to do is say this is, there's this building and this is what it looks like, that's all you need. But if you want to, in a sense, uh, say something more about it, you know, and, you know to, to, to tell some sort of story about it or in, in, infuse some sort of emotion or feeling into it, then you do need to do something more than that. Mm. And uh, I think that you know, it's the same thing with art. It's like if uh, if I'm doing a product illustration, you know, the the picture that goes on the side of the box for a baby stroller or something like that, you know, I want to make it look exactly like that baby stroller looks. Yep. You know, but if I'm drawing a baby stroller in a comic, you know, I'm gonna I, I want to caricature it a little bit you know, make it look more interesting. Yeah. It's going to like some-
0: big spindly wheels or, you know, in, almost in like sort of almost an impractical shape, but you want to sort of get the essence of baby stroller across with in like right. a
1: glance. This is a medium of, uh, shorthands and, um, you know, things need to read clearly. You need to be able to see, you know, understand what something is immediately. Um, and, uh, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. Hey, don't worry. I'll, I'll go
0: back to what <laughs> something you said uh, again a, a little bit before. You said that you uh, you were looking at, and appreciating other people's art. You were like looking at other people's um, uh, comics or other people's illustrations or comic book art or whatever you're doing, and you're picking out the things that you really liked about it and you're enjoying. Uh, just a, a quick little story about what I was doing because I actually just recently found that this is what I was doing more and more now with my photography. It, and there's uh-huh. this uh, um, a a fantastic photographer called Paul Gero, or I think. It's, that's how you his name it's paul hmm. uh g-e-r-o i think let me actually quickly see if i can bring him up. his blog here and he yeah so he's doing a um sort of like one of these uh photo a day things he's he's using um uh, one camera and one lens and that's it so for and he's taking a photo every okay. day um with a with a i think it's his uh I, I can't find his um personal blog now the photo a day um uh, blog, but uh, yeah, so look for you know, Paul F. Jero is this photographer. And I was looking at all these photographs, and all he's doing is using a 50 millimeter lens. And, and it's he normally takes photographs of kids because that's what he does, he's a child photographer. He takes photographs of kids and families, you know, he does portraits, and that's what he does. And they're just amazing. Every time I look at his photographs, I'm like, right. I'm never going to take any photographs as good as him, and actually, after being like completely depressed about having someone who's just way, way better, he was just capturing things like every single one of his photographs that he was putting up here and on this blog that he was doing. All of them, I was just like, "Oh man, why can't uh, there's no you know?" It was really, and then I was like, "No, what? Why do I think he is so good?" And I had this um epiphany which i'd love to i think i should email him about it and say is this actually how you think about photography and i realized that every time you use a 50 millimeter lens you can get you can open the aperture really wide which means that everything in the background is out of focus or if something Uh isn't close in the foreground is out of focus so all the time he's got this child in the Uh um in the photograph Uh and then something is in the background out of focus
1: Mm, you know i'm looking at uh have you found his, his
0: website? So actually, look at I just look at Paul F Gero, which is uh, Paul F G E R O dot com, and and this on the right hand side it says kids photography, and there's this kid, and in the background, um, there are these two giraffes out of focus, and this was, the, and I actually didn't think about this uh, this photograph when I was doing it, when I thought of this, and I realised everything that is out of focus in the background of his pictures of kids is uh-huh. as interesting, or is as important, or is as visually arresting as the... as the kid in the foreground and it <coughs> contrasts it. So if I quickly, oh man, he's got this flash website, which is, which is preventing pop-ups. So I can't, I can't see the, to do with this. Um, so every, every photograph that you see of kids or pretty much like 50, 50 to 60, 70% of all the photographs that he has of kids, which are the ones that I were enjoying most was a kid in the foreground. And then something interesting out of focus. And literally <coughs> I saw that and I was like, Oh, that's what I need. And so that time or that day or a bit later when I went out and started taking photographs, I did put on the same lens, a 50 millimeter lens. And went out and took some photographs, and I realised that if all I do is make something in the background out of focus, but not just trees out of focus in the background, or not just like a wall out of fo- or other people out of focus in the background, but if I make the thing in the background out of focus actually really interesting as a, as a, it could have been a subject of a photograph itself, and you ah. actually show all of it, but you know, in the sort of out of focus um style, in this bokeh style, and, and right. it was just. And it sort of transformed my portrait photography literally within a, a day's shooting when I went back and looked through it. And I was like, yeah. And I realized that in that day, I took like two photographs, which were almost as good as some of the worst photographs that I've seen Paul <laughs> F. Jarrow take. But again, that was all I was wanting because I was like, right now I get it. Now I understand what he's doing. Well, it wasn't even that I understand what he's doing because he's obviously got, you know, 20 years worth of photography experience on top of what I have. But it was one of those things that I was just like, right, and it was literally because I analysed it so I'm glad to see yeah. that you're doing the same kind of thing as well like and, oh, and you also being to. able to pick stuff out um, but yeah. it, and, I, and I'm doing it more and more but that was one case where it was literally like ah, like the, the heavens opened well not heavens mm-hmm. opened the clouds opened and the, and the choir sung and now like yesterday I went out and I took some photographs and of course all of my favourite photographs that I took last night at this juggling uh, this, the catacomb and it's the juggling studio like training space in Berlin all of my favourite photographs from that session last night have someone in the foreground and then someone else doing something interesting in the background like there's this one guy who's just holding a juggling club but there's an out of focus guy doing a handstand in the background and it is quite oh. a dynamic sort of like one-handed spinning handstand and you know and it's just those are the photographs that i realize those are the ones that i enjoy most now about my photography of course give me a two more months and i'd have just that just be one of my many skills with photography or one of my growing number of skills with photography but now it's uh right but then you
1: know, you'll you'll incorporate it into your 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 greater sort of repertoire of of techniques and, and it'll find a place you know and and what's yeah. nice is
0: actually i put this just up online and just as we're talking there's another uh, i put this album on facebook and just a, another um another message comes through someone likes this album so now there's like <laughs> 25 people have liked this album there and of course awesome. the photo that i put uh one of the second times that's the one which has had the most people liking it which is again this this girl who's got a juggling ball on her foot and she's sort of crouching sort of laying on her back with this juggling ball and then there's two people doing handstands in the background out of focus and of course that's the one that stands out and that people like but again it's just one of those things that i Manage to frame the shot up and get the interesting thing going on in the background, and it helps that people are doing juggling and handstands because it's intrinsically right. quite an interesting subject matter.
1: So why? So why do you think that makes a picture so much better? Again, I don't
0: know. I mean, but you can't do that with your art because you're doing line art. Well, it's not so much line art, but it's like everything is. It, it's, it's only because you don't do the coloring, do you? You, right. you? Everything is either black or it's white and there's no out-of-focusness unless it's sort of implied by, like we said, that crowd scene before where people <laughs> just become more snowman-like as the crowd goes to the background.
1: Right. Well, there's not... There's no out of focus in the sense that it's blurred. But there, there's a variety of things you can do. Um, you know, you can have, you can silhouette things just by filling them all in with black or something. You know, have uh, have figures or whatever in the background just totally silhouetted. Or yep. you can you can play with the amount of, uh, there's something in, in comic art and I guess art in general, we call it spotting blacks, which is where you put in just flat areas of black, you know, maybe for shadows or whatever, you know? And, and that's a really useful compositional tool. You can, you can use that to lead the eye around the page or to make you focus on what you want to focus on. So maybe, you know, a lot of times I'll have, uh, I'll put, you know, characters in the foreground where I'll spot blacks for shadows, like on, uh, you know, i will just pick one side, of the body to put shadows on or something like that. And you use, you know, heavier line weights and- um,
0: Oh, so you say like there's, there's the, 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 uh, the line, like you so say, you just said what I was gonna say, line weight, so the, the, right. the actual, the image is sort of like more bulky. It's more, not more bulky, I'm not trying to say it here. It's more heavy, um, yeah, it's exactly. heavier on the page. And then as it goes back, the things are sort of drawn with finer lines in the background so that it's, mm-hmm. it's not out of focus, but it's, it's, uh, it's not like outlined in thick black.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or, um, you know, and and, I'm trying to
0: explain it to myself here, (laughs) which is, yeah, no, that's,
1: that's exactly right though. But it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, like heavy stuff in the foreground and light stuff in the background. I can keep the stuff in the foreground light. Like maybe I have an image, you know, say I have a street scene where, uh, I have some people walking kind of right past the camera, as it were, it's not really a camera, obviously, Yeah, yeah. yeah. but kind of right up in the front. You know, but the but my subject that I want you to focus on. You know, I have two characters talking to each other that are kind of in the middle distance. Yeah. You know, so maybe I will use light line weights and, and not spot blacks on the characters that are in the front, but I'll spot the blacks and use the heavier line weights and the, on those so characters. That they in the become
0: distance. more they become silhouettes, but more sort of white silhouettes rather than black silhouettes.
1: Mm, not I, I wouldn't go that extreme and make uh, them okay. silhouettes, but I would not you know, minimal
0: do, n- minimal you mean?
1: Yeah, but but less you know less not necessarily less detail, but, but less, you know, lighter line weights, I wouldn't spot blacks on those characters, so that um, your eye is instantly drawn to the ones in the mid, the middle distance, in the mid ground. Um, And that has the effect that that kind of has the focusing effect, you know, let's talk a bit about color, then, because you produce the, the
0: art, like the comic book art, but other people do the coloring, yes, right? Yeah. So do you have any say about that? Do you say, I want this to be this color, this to be this color? Or do they just color the page? Like, you get the pages and you draw them how you want, and then when you pass them on, do they color them how they want?
1: Yeah, generally. um, You know, on uh, the project I'm working on right now is, uh, you know, it's someone else's project. I've been hired to draw it. Uh, So most of the stuff is already designed. You know, the characters characters and everything are already designed. All of the major color choices are already made. But... um, no, I, I don't really have a, a way to, uh, to indicate if I want anything to be a particular color or anything like that. I have done things. There, there was actually a couple of panels that I had drew recently where uh, it was supposed to be from a character's point of view as he was losing consciousness. Oh, okay. And, and, he, and, and the guy uh, wanted it to be blurry, you know?
0: Oh, that's and, what we're going uh, back to. How do you do blurry with with well, line art? <laughs> <laughs> what I did
1: by blurry was put a little note next to it to the colorist to say put a b- Photoshop blur on this panel, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Which uh,
0: so it's like once you've colored it, then you do, then you take over with that part. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there's a better way to do it. But that's the thing, you know. I'm I'm still relatively new to all of this. Yeah. You know, I, I've been drawing comics for a couple of years, but it's a, it's surprising how how much. I still kind of haven't done, you know, you, you different situations you have to deal with. Well, how am I going to draw this? How am I going to create well, this? Well,
0: let me get, bring it back there because uh, over the time when, you've been, when we've been talking on the, uh, uh, when we've been chatting about, I mean, it, there's a thread on the forum which is sort of like the finished artwork thread where you often po- post things and even the works in progress thread is where you put sketches. Right. But um, it's great that you actually give other people feedback because other people are, you know, there's lots of kids on this forum and they're all like, oh yeah, I want to do art and they all sort of like starting up their own web comics and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which you don't do, which I think you should do, by the way. Um, Which I should what? You should do some kind of webcomic. Oh, own, I don't, your own thing. I don't I'll... have the time for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you work for a living now, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd love to do something like that eventually, but uh, right yeah. now I definitely don't have the time. No? Oh, well, uh, that's, uh,
0: that's, a, that's a real pity because I'd love to see, actually see more of your sort of like uh, sketches because like you say, you've got all these sketches and the, some of the things that you post on your blog, but you, you, you just mentioned before we started recording that you don't have time to post stuff on your blog because the... the the pages that you're working on now is it's all for a, you know, a paid project and you can't share them, you know, before right. Yeah. Finished. It's,
1: it's kind of frustrating because, um, you know, I've got a few comics pages on my blog, but they're all from, you know, over a year ago for the most part, I've drawn yeah. 150 pages since the last comic page that I draw. If I post on my blog and I've yep. gotten a lot better, <laughs> you yeah, know, I bet. and it's like, I wish I could show it, but, but I just can't. And, uh, it's yeah. a little frustrating. So I try to post, uh, you know, stuff here and there. But like I yeah, said, Yeah,
0: warm-up art. Because I thought that was quite interesting that you said, hey, here's a sketch just to warm up before I start real work. Or I took a yeah. break from real work and drew this. And what you do as a break from real work is like way better than, <laughs> than, uh, than most people could ever do just actually as, a, as their job rather than just a warm-up thing. But that's, that's quite inspiring too.
1: It's, it's funny. Uh, I do need to warm up in the morning. You know, it's like if I sit down and start trying to draw a page right away, it looks like crap. You know, so, uh, I, it's, it's part of it is getting your hand going, Yeah, you know, and I think part of it's getting your brain going. But I usually spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes just drawing whatever. Uh, and sometimes it'll start to turn into something I like and I'll develop it and and finish it. Um, and those are the stuff that ends up getting posted on my blog but, uh, okay uh,
0: we've we've talked quite a lot here this has actually been fascinating in things but we need to wrap it up sometime okay. otherwise because i don't <laughs> want it to go to two hours long this uh, this interview i think we've done about just under an hour or so oh, um, but just a few things i was saying before about you I, i've noticed beforehand that you've bought a book on i can't remember the books that you've said that you've bought out recently of one about drawing explosions and another one about <laughs> anatomy or animal anatomy no not animal no there was a there was a, a video workshop that you're doing or something oh yeah that, no I'm I'm still anatomy. doing that
1: yeah it's uh, got two more weeks to go and that has been probably the best investment in my art I've ever made in my life um, it's, uh, it's, exp- it's expensive the, it's $500 but um, it's been it's made an amazing difference already yeah. $500 worth of difference already you think
0: Oh, easily, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't really know what that means in, in terms I don't of training. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the same kind of thing with my, with my juggling. Like, I spend a lot of money on like, a bit of costume or a hat or something. And when I was just first starting out, well, not first starting out, but when, you know, sort of me and my ex girlfriend we were putting together this new show, it was always like, oh, we've got to spend this, we've got to spend this. And it was like one gig paid back all of the money that we'd ever spent on the gig and then like one more gig on top of that it was all Ah. profit well it wasn't all profit but you know it was all you know all the investment that we've put into it and it does you know i know what you mean about this you just well some things you just got to spend the money on the training on the the you know to do these kind of workshops um i can't think actually uh um of these other things i'm sure there was a, a few more things but uh just quickly talk about going pro because you you said you were working and you were getting these gigs and stuff like that but it was mm-hmm. only a few months ago when you said right that's it i've done my last night shift at target or wh- whatever it was were right. you we still working at target i can't remember that you mentioned no, that I, yeah how's how yeah. that going there just tell us a little bit about going going professional as a comic book artist
1: uh well you know the thing is with me it happened really gradually because uh when, they, when the economy started getting bad, they started cutting our hours at work, you know, and I, I went from yep. working five days to just four days to just three days to just two. And then <laughs> one, once I <laughs> – so I was working two days a week uh, drawing, you know, most of the rest of the time. And then when I got this, um, when I got this gig that I'm doing now, I decided – I went and I told my boss, you know, hey, I want to just work one day a week. And they're fine with that because they got so many other people that are trying to get more hours yeah. that they could fill that. So for the past – year i'd been working just one night a week you know and the rest of the time i was drawing so i was practically a full-time artist already but yeah, it was safety net
0: that if you if you if yeah some, if this was your only one and only project and it finished up and you had nothing else lined up you go oh, can i have three nights a week <laughs> yeah yeah exactly
1: yeah. um and i don't know i just uh i, I you know i kind of did the math on everything you know what what I thought my odds are that I'm going to be able to keep getting work and uh, how much money I've been able to save so far and, uh, you know, all of this stuff. And uh, the fact that – especially the fact that I was working nights, you know, it really – that one night a week that I had to be up until 8 in the morning it screwed up my whole week. I, wasn't, I, I couldn't live like a human being, you know, going to bed at night and getting up in the morning. And um, I just decided that it was, you know, it was time – it's only been a couple of months so far, uh, and I haven't had to you know, I'll really know if it was the right decision when it comes time to find another gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, once but you I'm finish confident. this once you finish
0: this uh this long stretch of comic that you're working on, how long do you think you've got to go on this gig then?
1: Oh God. Um probably another year. I mean this is a oh, big, really project uh, Yeah, it's uh it's a real big graphic novel. And um <sighs>
0: Again, I've no idea how long you have to work on a full comic. I mean, are you doing all of the are you doing all of the art in it, or are you? Or is there, are you one of a few artists, or how does that work?
1: I, I'm doing all of the line art. Um, ah, okay. So uh, every page, you know, I draw, someone else colors, Some someone else will will letter it. Um, but uh, yeah, the line art is all me. And, um, you know, we don't have a page, a page count yet. Oh, really? Yeah, like I don't know what it's going to be. I'm just going through it, you know. What I'm doing is I'm actually adapting it from a screenplay. Ah, and, okay. Um, and it's it's coming out big you know it's like i try to condense it where i can but there have been times where i've tried to condense it too much and the guy i'm working for is like oh no we got to put that back in yeah. so it's you know it's his money and it's his book oh well so that's good if, if he doesn't mind it being 300 pages like that's wow. fine with me oh that's <laughs> you a, know that's
0: impressive. like say you've done 150 pages or something on this project something like it? that so far wow. yeah which must be weird actually to 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 draw this such a, a big project 300 pages because the art at the end is going to be different from the art at the beginning Oh, it's going oh. to evolve
1: oh yeah it's I, I'm already like when I look back at the pages I did at the beginning I'm like oh this is garbage I mean it's not it's not terrible you know obviously but you can't
0: go back and but, you can't go back and redo it again can you because if you do that then by the time you get to the end what are the sort of rejiggering and sort of like uh, readjusting so if you'll look back and go oh well, it's like painting painting what we say in the, in the UK is painting the fourth bridges because when they get to the end of this massive bridge. They just go back to the beginning and start painting it again because it's time (laughs) to start
1: painting it because it takes,
0: you know, it takes five years to paint the bridge. So all the time they're repainting it
1: constantly. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, that's exactly right. Like it's, uh, you know, the other thing is you'll see this a lot if you look at, um, I'm sure any kind of artist or any kind of creative yeah. person, but I notice it a lot with comic artists. If you look at the stuff they did early in their career, oh, yeah. it's so a, different. It's so different. But not only that, it's like a period, a period of rapid development. Like yeah. sometimes you can see their art changing from issue to issue, you know? And it's like after a couple of years, they sort of settle into something where they'll still be improving and they'll still be changing, yeah. but they've got all the, basic, all the basic elements of what their stuff's going to continue to look like for the rest of their career is there, you know? Yeah. And, that um, is
0: true. I mean, you can even notice it with such a simple, like, the stick figure art of XKCD, where it's just at huh. the beginning, it was sort of like a little few bits of scratches on a bit of paper, and it was on graph paper, and then it was this, and now it's a very clean style, but still just yeah. stick figures. But the expressiveness of the stick figures and the guy in the hat and the girl with the long hair and all these different characters, yeah. you know, are almost instantly recognizable and in the, in the, the the postures and the character, the, the literal character designs of stick figures, which you wouldn't ever be able to think about. But mm-hmm. it's sort of, he's reached sort of like a level of artistry just with stick figures and uh... that's
1: that's definitely true and you know i like to use xkcd as an example of um i was talking about how i don't feel like photorealistic art is appropriate for comics yep. you know and i like to use xkcd as an example of how little you can get away with uh to tell a story but at the same time i think there are certain kinds of stories that uh xkcd that that stick figure art would not be appropriate for yeah. you know well
0: that's um. actually strange actually because i um i uh back in one of my times when i actually did get a tablet and i was drawing and stuff with a with a tablet mm-hmm. and uh, one thing that i did was actually tell stories just with stick figures and i'd made them into sort of gif animations or gif animations and mm-hmm. each frame would be only up on screen for like you know, a second or two seconds, but then it just automatically move on to the next one and loop around. And and this was back in 2002, 2003 that I did it. And the last piece that I did was actually, I had this really bad breakup. And I, as I, like the day later, like the next day, I actually wrote down the entire story of this really bad breakup Mm in, uh, in, stick figure form of these two things and everyone thought it was like well not everyone but lots of people commented that there was a lot of expressiveness in this in these stick figures just <laughs> because i i the women's stick figures were made with curvy lines and the, <laughs> and the male stick figures less curvy you know sort of a bit more angular lines. Right. um but it was just that s- s- t- tiny little thing that was sort of like a s- style of art that i was developing but then after that i just didn't do it anymore my life went on i quit my job i became a <laughs> professional juggler i mean huh. a, like full-time entertainer like right. literally that was one of the in- inciting incidents at that time of my life to actually move, like to quit my job and, you know, this bad breakup with a girlfriend. And it was, it was a strange situation, but it, it was, it was amazing how it like informed my art in a way. And then almost made me discard it again because it was like, uh, but it was, it was interesting actually how much you can get out of just line, like stick, not line art, but stick figures in a way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cartoon, hmm. cartooning is, yes, is, is, is a lot of power in it. You know, it's yes. like, it, it's, it has a lot of, Storytelling potential in a, in a lot of ways, um, yeah. so I don't know. That's it's it's a I love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. Well, let's leave it there, Brandon. It's been fan- fascinating for me to talk to you because,
0: like they say, we, I think we've sort of brought in different aspects and different ideas from other things, and we've 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 had a good dis- discussion here. Oh, yeah, I think there's always this question. You you haven't regretted giving up your job at all? You think it's all going to be good? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, well, like I said, um, you know, the the moment of truth isn't here yet, yeah. but I think it'll be all right. And I guess you your know, next
0: I... big thing is you're not going to work on your comic, uh, your web comic that you uh, would like to do, but you you're, you're going to go for another three year or two year massive graphic novel that's based on the, the publishing success of the one that you're working on at the moment. Is that right?
1: Uh, we'll see. I, uh, I don't think I'm at a place, at a point yet, where I can make a living uh, working on my own stuff. Maybe, maybe I'll yep. find time to get something in on the side. You know, Who knows?
0: Well, I've got this great screenplay that I'd love to be illustrated into a... Um... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's, that's been really, really great. And um, let me quickly just press stop.
1: Okay.